and welcome to Bucket List Bombs. I'm Riley. And I'm Haley. And this week, Haley decided to go to Texas. So we are doing a little Zoom recording. I don't know mm-hmm. how good this is going to sound, but we're doing our best here. And just for my purposes, I didn't just choose to come to Texas. My family asked me to come out here and help them out. So I am in Texas for family reasons. We're almost not friends anymore, but, you know, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt today. So today's episode is going to be part two of Cartagena. I thought we would try to get it all in one episode, but again, it was just going to be way too long, and the third day was absolutely jam-packed. And I felt like the more I've had to think about it, the more I felt like we left off the last episode, so. Also, in fair warning, guys, if you hear dogs in the background, I am surrounded by dogs, so I apologize in advance. She's in an RV with three Great Danes, right? Yes. And she's living in there for a month. Been quite an adventure. Okay, so a couple things I felt like we left off in the last episode. I think it's important to note that Cartagena is a cruise hub. And so if you're planning your trip, now we didn't because we were kind of in a shoulder season. But I think it'd be beneficial to potentially look up the cruise schedules just because the city is going to be a lot more packed when there are cruises there. Another thing that I wanted to mention about Cartagena is like one of the main things to do is a horse-drawn carriage. Now, I would not do the horse-drawn carriage. Those horses, they had them like running in the street and they looked rough. Like I remember at one point we were sitting outside and I said to you, I said, I can see like an open sore on one of the horses like under the armpits from where it's been walking all day. Yeah, and they were just covered in sweat. They just looked really miserable. Please don't do that part of the city. Uh, Most of it's pretty walkable. I mean, I even thought about it before we went there, but once I saw them, I was like, no way. I don't want to do it. And you had done research before we got there, and even other people were saying, don't do the carriages because the horses are so mistreated. I don't know. I just wanted to bring light to that because... I think it sounds fun because they kind of tend to do it like during sunset where they bring all the horses out and, you know, it's like a ride around the city at night, but I definitely would reconsider. But back to the third day. So the third day we did a island hopping tour. So when we got to the hotel, we asked Yolanda where we should book this tour. And she told us to go down the street and find the guy with the hat. So we walked down the street and he was just right there. And we went up to him. He didn't really speak any English. And we asked him, you know, what tours he had. And there was like the premium package and then just a normal package. And the premium included the plane that was owned by Pablo Escobar that was that is sunken in the sea. The islands off the coast of Cartagena and the ones that we toured, they are called Islas de Rosario. And there's islands within these this group of islands that have specific names so if you wanted to go to like a beach club there'll be specific names for the islands if there was one that you wanted to go to and there's different things that you can do like ours was the five island tours or hopping tour but you could do catamarans that take kind of the whole day and they're like party catamarans they just kind of stop and you can jump off the boat and more snorkel rather than go on to the beach and there's a lot of different options but you know I just like to see the most possible and they sold me on Pablo so Pablo Escobar's plane sold I don't know if I've ever brought it up 
on the podcast, but I am a huge fan of like organized crime. I think it is so <laughs> fascinating, like also the psychological side of it. So when they said Pablo Escobar, I was like, I want to see it. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it's not even Pablo's plane. They just, you know, coined it as that. But we, we bought it. But yeah, so we booked it with him. And I'm really glad we did because I had read a couple things that said to book upon arrival. But that's tough for me, like being a planner to kind of go into a city and have a plan but not have a solid plan. But I'm glad we did because every single trip that was online, there were very few and they're all like $150. And... So we just kind of gambled and we were like, we'll just book upon arrival. And this trip that we booked was only $55 a person. And it was the same exact tour that we were looking to book online for a hundred more dollars. So that's why I said in the last episode, just book upon arrival because you're going to save a lot more money. Yeah. So I think the thing we really struggled with was the communication about pickup. Originally they had said, you know, we'll meet you at your hotel at 740. And then it was no meet at the clock at eight. There was a little bit of confusion, even though we were using the Google translator and they would say, yes, you know, see, it still was like every time we asked the answer changed just a little bit. So that was something we struggled with, but we ended up meeting them at the clock. Okay. So this experience was good. However, the initial start time is really, really wrong. They had an entire bus that they had going around the city picking up multiple people that were not near the clock tower and they did not show up until what time was it wasn't it like we're supposed to meet there at eight and we didn't leave till like 9 30. I mean it was pushing 45 minutes to an hour and we were only told like a bus is late and so we were all sitting around like that's not our fault that the bus is late. Yeah so we literally just sat in in this little like square area and the people in the town they know that this trip's going out and so there are just swarms of people trying to sell you water and beer and scuba gear and sunscreen and weird jewelry and cover-ups just everything that relates to what you're about to do which is nice but when there's like 50 of them it's a bit excessive and they just kept passing us and passing us and just making their rounds So it got really annoying after a while, but that would be like one of my own. I mean, there's a couple other complaints, but like that's definitely like my biggest one. Like if they could just not go pick everyone up, like I just don't understand. Like our guide's name was Alex and he was 19. And so we ended up becoming friends with him and we asked him about it. And he said that when they got to one of the stops, there was a family that was inside eating breakfast and they waited for them for 30 minutes. They waited outside for this family that was eating breakfast. Like, heck no. Like, in the U.S., they'd be like, okay, you're not here five minutes before we leave. We're leaving, you know? Just would not have flown here. No, and I think that was so frustrating that it was kind of like what we mentioned in the last episode where they were trying to accommodate everyone and logistically you just can't, you can't make everyone happy. So... When they were 30 minutes late, either someone should have gone and said, you know, where are they? Or sent them a WhatsApp that was like, you know, if you're not out here in five minutes, we're leaving without you. Yeah. Because they knew what they were being picked up. Yeah. And I think you just have a lot of different cultures that, that visit Colombia. Punctuality is, is more of an American thing that we're obsessed with. But it didn't start the tour on off on a good note, but it got better. But it was just hard to be, like, excited when you're, like, already a little irritated. And I'll also say, like, the people that I know from Colombia, they'll say there's regular time and then there's Colombian time. 
they say they typically always are late. So they say if something starts at five, that's not starting till six. So this is a very common thing, I think, in Colombia, according to the people I know from there. Yeah, so the only other boat tour that we'd done together was in Croatia, and this was very different. Like, they jam-packed the boat. There was really no wiggle room, really. Like, it was, like, you know, a person in every possible square inch of space. Once we started, it took about an hour to get to, like, you know, our first stop. So we pull up to this island. It's a small-looking island with just a few small houses on it. And they tell us this is where Pablo Escobar's plane is. So Riley mentioned in an earlier episode that one of her biggest fears in life is man-made objects in the water. So Riley was really hesitant to get in this water. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking, like, they're taking time to explain it, and people are asking questions about how this plane got there. And then they just tell us, okay, everyone in the water, if you want to see it. So some of us are getting in the water. Some are like, oh, you know, taking their sweet time. And we're in the water maybe a minute and a half. Maybe. (laughs) They're like, all right, let's head back to the boat. Okay, so I think part of the disconnect was that our guide, like I mentioned, was 19 years old. And he was like a little kid. He had a ton of energy. Like, he was great. Like, he had a whistle. He was always being, you know, screaming. Like, okay, group Alex. He called Pablo Escobar's uncle. Like, he just, he was funny. But he just kind of, this was his vacation almost. He was like, okay, everyone off the boat. He jumps in. He goes over to the plane. He dives down to it. Comes up and then is like, okay, everyone back on the boat. It definitely. I think another thing, too, was we were making up for time for that bus. Yeah, I think so, too. So I, I think they were trying to cut it it was still frustrating right after you know this tour starts late anyways because it's like we paid money to see this and it's not our fault that we're losing time because we were here on time so I think that part was really frustrating but after this it got better it didn't really feel like we were being rushed but I definitely think they could have lopped time off our second stop rather than this stop because I think this was more out there you don't really see things like this so I I think that is something I wish they would have done. Yeah. One thing that's cool about the plane is it's not super deep, so you can see it. Oh, I have my feet, like, so far up underneath me, I I can't even explain it. But it is very eerie. I don't know if anyone died or anything. I don't think so because it's so close to the shore. But, yeah, it was definitely, like, interesting. And you can just dive down a little bit and, like, obviously you can't go super far because the pressure, but to get like a better video or picture because I have my GoPro. So it was cool. When else are you going to see something like that? And then later we found out that that island where it was, was like Pablo Escobar's island as well. But he didn't really touch on that because we were in such a hurry. And he kept saying, you know, my uncle Pablo was transporting his sugar. And so there was a lot of humor to it, but it was almost kind of like when we would ask questions about it, he would still be joking. Well, I think a part of it, too, is that this was a split group of Spanish and English. So everything he had to explain, he had to explain it twice. And so I think that's why there was always, like, not a ton of information because he's telling them in Spanish that it's Pablo's plane and then telling us in English. So, you know, kudos to him, but I could understand why he'd be a little big. And I also think at one point we were in the boat and he was talking in Spanish and then he got to us and it was like half the time that it took him to say it in Spanish. And we looked at each other and we were like, oh, I don't think we got the whole story that the people who understood Spanish got. 
So that would have been nice to kind of know that they, but you know, we paid 50 bucks for it. So I can't guess I couldn't complain. The whole morning was a little frustrating to me because then the second stop was to drop off people that didn't want to snorkel at an aquarium. So I'm like, again, they're trying to accommodate for everyone, but it just was a time suck. Well, my thought about it is they said, you know, if you don't want to swim, you can go to the aquarium. What else are you doing on a boat tour, but swimming? (laughs) Like there was boat tours that would take you to these different islands where there are, I say in quotes, like beach clubs, like there's private beach things where you can go and lounge on a chair and there's restaurant and drink. So if you didn't want to swim, that was more of what you should have done. You shouldn't have been on like the snorkel tour. Well, now that we know what the snorkeling was like, because once I dropped them off, they took us to the snorkeling and I, after five minutes was like, okay, I'm getting back on the boat. The current was so insane. It was literally pulling us out to sea. And, you know, we had a, a guy in, in our boat who, like, I think he knew how to swim. He just wasn't confident swimmer. So he had, like, the orange buoy thing on him, like, around him, being, like, tethered to the boat. Like, it just was, it was just a lot for a snorkeling. It was not a relaxing snorkeling time. This is the first time I've ever swam in open sea like this. So the current is really trying to pull you out. Because, I mean, I felt like I've, I'm a strong swimmer, I would say. But, like, I was putting all my effort into fighting the current, and I still wasn't going anywhere. I was just, like, stationary. Something else that really irked me was this was supposed to be snorkeling at the plane, snorkeling at, I don't even know what this was, just this place in the open ocean. And there was no snorkel. It was just goggles. That was all we got. And I was a little baffled. I was like, this isn't snorkeling. This is just swimming. (laughs) This is just looking is, under the water. <laughs> like when you're over a reef or whatever that was, you want to be able to just stare at it and watch them. Not possible when you have to pick your head up to breathe every once in a while. And when you're working so hard to stay in place, your head's above the water more than it's in. So then from there, we had to go back and pick up the freaking aquarium people. And there was no time limit that they told them. How long do you think that we waited there for them? I think it was maybe 10 because it was enough No, time it was definitely we... like 15 minutes because he had to go find them, remember? Oh, yeah. But here's the problem is they can't go in the aquarium to find them. So they were literally standing at the exit, like waiting for them. Yeah, that was just not fun. So then we had to wait for them. So that was a time suck. And then we went to this island, but it was the island where there's like little tiki things in the water. It's supposed to be like the party island. They get us off the boat and then they tell us, take everything with you, which is a little annoying when you're all at a tiki bar, like all your stuff is kind of piled up there and you're like afraid it'll get in the water. People had backpacks with cameras and stuff like that. So we get out and we get menus and they tell us the Pablo Escobar is the drink to have there. So it was $30 per drink. And that was by far the most expensive one. So we were like, okay, and we're not. (laughs) We're not getting that one. I mean, we did get a pina colada and a pineapple. And what was the other one? A mojito. Yeah, and a coconut. And those were still ridiculously expensive. I still wish we hadn't ordered it. They literally were straight liquor. Like, they didn't taste good at all. We couldn't even finish them. They were that strong. The other problem was it was like they took the fruit, scooped it all out, and then put straight liquor in it. So I felt like half the time we were sitting there like with the straws trying to scrape the fruit off the side because it was like drinking 
straight liquor. Yeah, and it wasn't very deep either. Like, it was, like, a very expensive drink for, like, not that much actual liquid. I mean, we couldn't finish it regardless, but still, it just didn't feel worth it either way. I don't know why, but anytime I ever get a mixed drink at a beach place, it's always, 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 like, way too much alcohol. It doesn't even taste good. So, from now on, I'm going to drink myself a beer and I'll be happy and content. But the other thing that was interesting was, like, you were kind of designated your own little, like, tiki thing in the water. And Mm -hmm. ours was, like, not deep enough where you were in the water. You were standing and it was, like, up to your knees. But, like, other people were, like, sitting in the water and, like, were able to, like, have their table. Ours was so much higher, like, where the water was a lot lower. So it was a little awkward. The island was really cool, but it's definitely very touristy. People are circling you, asking if you want to do stuff, whether it's, like, the banana or jet ski or whatever. So, like, you just try not to make good eye contact with anyone because otherwise you get sucked in. But anyway, so my swimsuit was on wrong side out literally the whole day. And it was, like, somebody told me and then I, I, I like, could not drop it. Like, it just was driving me crazy. So I had to change. So I was like, okay, this is a good place to change. So I start walking to where the bathrooms are and there's like literally a place, there's a changing room. So I was like, can I go in here? And I changed within two minutes. I walk out and they've got their hand out. They want money because I use their changing room. This whole island is just like a money thing. Another thing we forgot to mention about the Pablo Escobar plane. When I got back on the boat, I fell and cut my toe, which if you know me, you know that I fall everywhere. So it it was bound to happen at some point. But nobody was really concerned. The guide was like, oh, you cut yourself? I'm sorry. I'm like, can I have a band-aid? It's just interesting because I feel like the liability there is just like non-existent with tours. Like they're just all winging it and it's all just, you know, whatever happens, happens. Anyways, moving on. I feel like we're talking bad about it. It was fun, but it, it took a little bit to get fun. It was fun. I think it's just... The fun parts are kind of what you expect. So when it goes wrong, it's easier to remember. This tour was, it was fun. It was good. It's just, there's things we would have tweaked, things we wish would have been communicated to us that just weren't. So that's kind of what we're also pointing out. So either you kind of know what to expect or if you have the same thing. So the one thing I do recommend getting at this tiki place are the French fries. They are so good. They just, they hit different there. I don't know why, but they do. At this point, it was, like, probably 1230, and they hadn't fed us at that point, and so we were starving. The next place that we went, they did give us, like, fruit, but they we had to share it with the whole group, so it wasn't like it was, like, fulfilling, but I'm just glad we got the fries there. Yeah, and just keep in mind, when we say we haven't eaten, we've also been going since 8 a.m. or before, So it is kind of a long time to be swimming and doing all this stuff with no food, but you can bring your own food on the boat and you can also bring your own alcohol because they don't have it on the boat. So if you want either of those things, just plan ahead and make sure you bring some with you. One thing to note about these beaches that I didn't realize until we got down there is, you know, when you think resorts and you're visiting beaches, unless you're at the private ones you pay for, like the actual beach clubs, you are not like in a lounging chair. You're in like a plastic lawn chair. <laughs> it honestly works fine, but like you're not going to be able to flip over on your stomach or anything like that. So just make sure you are, I guess, planning sunscreen wise and just be aware that this is not going to be a lounge chair. It was a bit ratchet, but it was fun. 
So then we went to the last beach, which was interesting because we literally kind of were rushed in every other spot prior to this. But then we got there at like two and we stayed there until six. <laughs> so it was like, why did we rush that whole time? Was it even two? I feel like it was like 1.30 because remember the other boat was leaving at three? Yeah, we were there for four and a half hours at and, this one beach. And it was like a nice beach it was very busy like apparently that one wasn't an island so people could get to it from the road so that was like Mm -hmm. the last stop because we ended up getting picked up by a bus in that same area but it's like the whole beach is covered with hotels and restaurants and stuff and that's where we ate and we could pick between what was it fish chicken and vegetarian it was like a nice proper meal it was fulfilling so here we are again with the massages (laughs) The forced ones. So we're sitting there eating and our table was talking and we were kind of getting to know each other. So there were these masseuses coming around and I say in air quotes, giving samples of a (laughs) massage. I mean, the samples were like three to four minutes long. I kept saying, you know, no, no, thank you. I'm I'm not paying for this. I don't want to pay for it. And then at one point, even our guide came around. He's like, are you guys okay? (laughs) Yeah, because they just kept going sample, sample, sample. And you're like, okay, but this is a really long sample. Are you sure? I really thought they were going to be like, okay, so we did that for 20 minutes. Now you owe us. But that was the thing. Like, there were some of the people at our table that did not want to be touched. And they, like, didn't want... They didn't understand that. Like, they were just kept wanting to give everyone samples. And they did finesse us into it. But I told them, like, when they started touching me, I was like, please don't crack my neck. Because I literally watched her, like, aggressively crack. Was it your neck? It was my neck, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, no, no. Like, because I had gotten in that accident in Alaska, and I'm like, we're not messing around with that. Mm-mm. I think I, like, actually formed a sentence and said, like, automobile accidente. Like, I was, like, so proud yeah, of myself. Yeah, you did. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. But, yeah, they they got us, man. They were like, oh, you know, sample, sample. And then we're like, okay, like how much? They told us how much. It wasn't terrible. I can't remember. I feel like it was like 20 bucks for a full body or something for like 30 minutes. I think it was like 40 for full body, 20 for half an hour. After they're done with the sample, they'll say, if you want a massage, come find us. When I say come find us, like it's not that hard. This is basically a restaurant with maybe 20 feet of sand at the end of it. So they're really not far. Okay, your lady said, come find us. Mine was more like ushering me immediately. Yeah. Well, what was funny to me about this whole thing is after she cracks my neck and walks away, tells me to come find her, this other guy who's sitting at our table looks at me and goes, you know, if you crack your neck wrong, you can induce a stroke, right? (laughs) Just just like, now you tell me after this is a possibility? Honestly, it was so abrupt that, like, you wouldn't have been able to say... I mean, I would have never assumed that she would aggressively, chiropractically crack her neck. (laughs) Like, But Haley had one sample, and the lady walks away. And then Haley starts getting another sample, but I didn't, like, calculate that it was another woman, right? This first one did it on my neck in the restaurant. Then we moved out to the beach, and a different lady showed up and started massaging my feet, which, if you know me is already very off-putting because I don't like my feet being touched. Yeah, and so once they started, you know, sampling or whatever, we're like, you know what? This feels nice. We're at the We also saw other people doing it, so I think we also saw that. We're like, okay, this is like a thing people do. Well, that, and we were there for four hours, so we're like, what else are we going to do? Am I supposed to get a massage for, I don't think it was 40. I think it was 30. 
So, I mean, it was it was quite nice. I mean, the only complaint I had was that I was covered in lotion and it took a long time to get it off. Like, I was, like, in the water for a solid, like, 15 minutes just rubbing my back. But Haley had a different experience. At least she asked me for my consent for a full body because Haley's lady did not. <laughs> so, I start laying there. First of all, halfway through the massage, I have got to pee like a racehorse. So, that was part of my own problem. So I'm laying there and they tell you to also like untie the back of your swimsuit if you can. So like I like was back there with my swimsuit open and she's massaging and massaging and um, she's working my shoulders and she keeps saying like, oh, you need full body. You need full body. I'm like, yeah, I, I know, but whatever. And then it goes on and all of a sudden I hear another lady come in and they're sound like they're bickering. And so I just was laying there and I thought, you know, are they training someone? Is this, I don't know what this is. So it goes on, the lady is still there and they're still bickering. And then at one point they do roll you over from your back onto your stomach so they can like massage the front of your legs and stuff. And I remember thinking at one point, I was like, this is either, this is the longest 30 minutes of my life or they're doing a full body. And they did a full body with a out asking me and then b like they just kept saying you need full body you need full body and i was like yeah i know that but i'm not gonna do it and they still did it anyways oh yeah i had two massaging me at once someone was like at my shoulders and another one was at my feet and i thought well this is odd and i kind of started putting it together and i started thinking is this the same lady that cracked my neck because she told me to come find her and then someone else started sampling so then i that's when i got caught and i was like fine i'll do it so that's what they were bickering about because you were technically hers and then the other girl stole you. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know it was her until I like flipped over onto my back and saw her there. Yeah, um, but. but I mean, it was fine. And then from there, we got to meet our second group of Venezuelans. We're sitting in our chairs that are, you know, covered in oil and lotion. <laughs> and we all of a sudden are hearing people kind of we see people at the restaurant next to us on the beach they were looking at us kind of talking and then one of the ladies who we figure out speaks no english starts talking to us so to back oh, they were staring before yeah, to backtrack they were they were a family and they had two younger boys like definitely like early 20s so they were staring initially, like, especially when we were in the water and trying to get all of, like, our lotion off, they were staring. And so Haley's like, they're, you know, they're staring at us or whatever. And you never know, like, why when you're in a country like Colombia, you don't know if they're, like, staring at you because you have an American accent and they think it's funny or, you know, like, you don't know what the reason is. She approached us, so we, we ended up finding out that it was her birthday and she was, like, plastered drunk. What she said was, they want to know you, is what she said. But because we had had the previous experience where they asked for a picture, it kind of, like, seemed like they wanted a picture. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. And I, like, got my, like, cover-up on and everything because I thought that that's what they wanted. But then she was like, no, 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 they want to know you or whatever. So basically they thought we were cute and wanted to talk to us. And as soon as she starts talking like that, her son takes off into the water and it's like super far out like you could tell he was like mortified that his mom is like talking to us and trying to get he was literally underwater yeah you could just you don't have to know spanish to to read that body language that was like mom i hate you (laughs) 
And so the daughter, like, kind of knew some English. And she was, like, giving us all her stuff. Like, she was like, do you like brownies? Here's a brownie. Do you like water? Here's a water. And we're like, okay. Like, it was like we were celebrities. And we're getting all this stuff. And they just kept trying to talk to us. And it was hard, but it was funny because, again, she was, like, so drunk. Like, she kept saying, I'm single. I'm single. (laughs) They just thought we were cool. And then they asked us to take a picture of them, not with them. And they ended up getting, they were, like, staying at a hotel, and they ended up getting in, like, the boat shuttle of the hotel. And she was, like, blowing us kisses, and she, like, fell into the boat, and we were dying laughing. And it just was a really cool moment, for me at least, to just see how you can communicate, even though you aren't actually communicating just by being human. It's just really cool to me. But at the end like when she fell in they saw me laughing at her and they were laughing and then she like did a heart shape or whatever so now I was blowing kisses and it just was fun I don't know it was just funny you know what was funny is as they were getting in the boat and leaving that's when her son and nephew whoever was like then would do what their mom or aunt wanted them to do like that's when they were waving and winking and blowing kisses it was yeah like- as they were leaving yeah because they knew they'd never see us again And then from there, we just kind of hung out and there was a huge storm that rolled in and we were just like hanging out under these umbrellas on the beach while it's pouring rain. (laughs) So we never actually soaked. Everything was soaked. we never actually got dry. Like at one point, I'm like, I'm just going in the ocean because I'm just as wet out here. Like Um, this was a day of just being all day wet. Yeah, we were waiting for the sun to go down so that we could then do the last part of the tour, which was the bioluminescent bay. As we were getting ready to go to the bioluminescent bay, there was a lightning storm that was happening. And we also got on the boat in the dark because the sun had gone down. And so we're all like kind of picking up and moving our stuff. And I ended up leaving my sunglasses there. And then we head to where the bioluminescent bay is. So we get out there, they're explaining it in Spanish, then in English. And what was so interesting about this bay itself is you can get in and actually swim. So for those of you that don't know Bio Bay, like typically a lot of the popular ones that are out there, you can like kayak and you can do stuff like that, but they're not going to let you in. It's protected. There are living species, so they don't want people in the water, but I think because this was Colombia, they obviously don't care. And yeah, so we could just get in. So the thing I, I learned about the bioluminescent bays are they don't just light up when you know, when the sun goes down, they light up when there's foreign objects in the water. So in order to actually see it, you had to like stick your hand in there. You know, you had to stick something in there that wasn't normal to them. What I loved about this is you could run your hand through the water really fast and then kind of scoop up water and bring it back up and you could still see the plankton lighting up in your hand. It's almost like little fireflies on your hand, but they're like little stars, you know, and you can kind of, they just like twinkle. But This bay, obviously, like, I didn't know this was even a thing before we went there. So, this is not going to be, like, your typical, like, the the best bio bays in the world. Like, it wasn't blue. And as we were pulling up, that's kind of what he told us. He's like, you know, don't... He was like, get in the water and move your hand around. Do you see that? And what it looked like was, like, kind of like the bubbles that would come when you, like, splash. Like, it kind of looked like that. But really all it was is the plankton lighting up. So it was almost like a, a very dull white light that just kind of looked like bubbles. But again, we we're like, oh, actually, this is plankton. So then we started playing with it more. And that's when we picked our hands up and we're like, oh, like, they're twinkling. And 
and you know with us swimming like our whole body like when you kick your leg like the whole thing was lighting up but it's just not that blue that you're probably thinking plus it was not wasn't a new moon so there the moon was out wasn't it yeah, it was almost a full moon. Yeah, so it wasn't as bright as it, you know, possibly could have, but it was still a really cool experience because I've never, one, I know I'll probably never swim with in that scenario again because most places are protected, and then two, it just was, you know, still crazy to see how it works. But unfortunately, as soon as we jumped in, literally as soon as we jumped in, he's like, okay, we gotta go, the lightning storm's too bad, let's go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just got re-wet. <laughs> like, but it was still cool. I'm glad we still got in, even if it was, you know, for a minute. It was still cool to see and also be, to be able to say that we swam in a bioluminescent bay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's one of those things that if you try to catch this on camera, I just don't think you would ever see it as well as it is in person. So I think to truly, truly see it, you have to go and do it yourself. You can't really capture it unless you have a really high quality camera from what I've heard. Kind of like the Northern Lights. But, you know, from there, that was kind of the end of the trip. And we went back and they had, like, buses waiting to take us back. Which, that part of the drive was not fun. It was very long and the traffic was terrible. Which leads me to my next point of something to keep in mind is that Cartagena's infrastructure is not good with rain. It literally floods the entire city when it rains. And so it causes a lot of traffic because they literally cannot move. When we finally got back and we got out of that coach bus, we had to figure out how to get back to our hotel because pretty much every route that we tried was underwater. It was insane. And we were even told in the tour that we took in Cartagena that Cartagena is called like Little Venice. Because when it rains, the roads are like flood. Like you might as well be in a kayak on the roads. And I thought that was going to be an exaggeration, but we were there in the dry season and they were not kidding. Like in that rain we saw in the dry season, I can't even imagine what the wet season looks like there. No. And there were still cars going through it. It was pretty ballsy. Like at one point we're like, hey, um, Alex, can we get out here? And he's like, you're going to have to swim if you get out here. And I like looked out and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. Like they're just like, pushing through a river. And I think at one point I said to you, I said, how do these cars engines not flood? Like that's how much water, like it was like halfway up the tire. It was wild. I was definitely, definitely eager after that day to get out of a bathing suit because it was a very long day. We didn't get back until like 9.30. So it was like eight to 9.30 for $50. It was pretty much a steal. And there was a meal in there. Yeah, and fruit. And they gave us, like, when we were on the bus, they gave, they stopped. Remember when Alex, <laughs> remember when Alex. I forgot about this. Yeah, Alex and I, we all became friends. So when we were at the one beach, he came up to us and he was like, how old are you guys? Or no, we asked him how old he was, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't want to tell you. And we were like, why? And he's like, I like older women. So he was, like, flirting with us, basically. And so that's when we found out that he was 19 we were, like, in the ocean at one point, and he's, like, snorkeling and just being, like, a kid. And he comes up at one point, and he's, like, are you married? Because you're really beautiful. And I was, like, I am. <laughs> like, but then from that point on, I kind of, like, got him on another topic. And I was, like, you have a girlfriend? Like, blah, blah, blah. So then he was telling us all about his girl problems. And so the whole rest of the time we were BFFs. But on the way back on the bus, 
they stopped and get us like drinks and a snack. And he was walking back with the case. He like it broke and dropped in the middle of the street. And when he got in, we were laughing at him and he would not let it go. I mean, he was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Guys, it was so funny because the path that he was carrying busted. So he had to like pick up these rolling away in the middle of the road. And it was just funny because of the conversations we had had and he just was a funny guy so it was just it would just add it to the humor that of course this would happen to him (laughs) so yeah it was just hilarious and he was just absolutely like oh you're never gonna i can't believe you saw that like he would call himself um did he call himself sexy alex or something like that yes he did he's like the sexiest tour guy sexy alex like follow sexy alex like you're like wow this guy so, yeah, so then we went back and got ready to leave the next day to head to the Amazon, which is a whole nother ball game. That about sums up Cartagena. So what would you say was your favorite part or favorite thing we did in Cartagena? Eat? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is going to stand the test of time, that meal. Coconut, shrimp, rice, and rice. Um, so good. But... I don't know. The whole thing was just really, I mean, obviously there were like bouts of irritation from like some of the tours, but the whole thing was just very surprising and funny. We were laughing a lot here. I mean, I thought we'd be more concerned about our, you know, safety and stuff, but everybody was just trying to have a good time. Everyone was nice there. And I don't know. I just, I really liked the city. I would definitely go back. So what I liked about this was it's a very different vibe than what was Salento. And I think learning more about the history and having the tours and things like that, I think we a learned a lot of, about the country itself. Yeah. Um, so I think we really appreciated the culture more in this city. Like Riley was saying in the last episode about the rappers where they were like, this is what they do for a living. And some people are having to start over because they're coming in from Venezuela and, you know, they were successful business people over there. So I think there was a lot, a lot we didn't know or didn't get to learn in Salento. So I think this really was an eye opening experience. But as Riley said, it was really funny. Like the one guy on our tour getting hit by a hawk. Everything was so funny. This city was great. I know people say it's dangerous. Be on the lookout. And while you do want to keep your wits about you, I I mean, I never felt unsafe. Everyone was there. It's just having a good time. Like everybody is just happy there. I don't know why, but everybody was just hanging out. having a good time. Living life. Like, people were hustling to make money in that city. Yeah. At least with the tourists. So, I think we definitely saw, like, the work ethic of at least people in Cartagena, and we were just astonished by it. So, what's something that you didn't like? One thing I didn't like, I think, was the way the tours were set up logistically. Yeah. But I think after having two tours like that, I I started realizing I think this is just the way it is, Mm -hmm. at least in Cartagena, if not all of Colombia. So I think that part annoyed me, but I also think it was more of a cultural thing coming in from like being used to the way the American tours are set up or like the European tours, which I think are a little bit more logistically sound and they run on a tighter schedule. So I think that was definitely something that I was annoyed by, but I think I would get over it or would be able to learn to adapt to that. One thing that I wasn't super impressed about was 
you know, when we had that tour with the volcano, they kind of drove us through the area that's, like, the the high class where there's all the high rises and stuff. Not a super big fan of that area. Like, I just was not, that was not my scene. Just a lot of fancy restaurants and it's very beachy and there's, the beach is not very nice either. Like, you have to get off of, in my opinion, out of Cartagena to more of the islands to see a nice beach. And again, you're getting Caribbean beaches, but not Bahamas by any means. Like, we're in South America, you know? So, the beaches were as I expected, but definitely not in the city of Cartagena. I wouldn't even bother going to the beach there. Because when we passed by there, I was like, that doesn't even... Like, that looks like Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Yeah, and like I said, it's with the plastic chairs. So, it's definitely a different sort of resort feel to me because I didn't even see like any of the big hotels have their own private areas on the beaches at least the ones we drove by so I think that's also something to keep in mind is if you're going specifically like to have the resort part of the beach when you're gonna book that just make sure it is a part of it because we did not see anything that was like you know Grand Hyatt here or Hilton here it just was looks like a first come first serve kind of thing. Another thing that I think is important to bring up if you do stay in that high-rise area, it's the traffic there, it's, like, constantly just on lock. When we were doing that tour, it took us, like, 10 minutes and we did, like, a solid loop. I'm like, weren't we just here? Like, we were not moving at all. It just doesn't have the infrastructure for a lot of traffic. So, if you want to see that old town in Gethsemane and stuff, like, I would just stay over there, to be honest. No, I, I don't think there's any reason really to go over to that area. And even we were looking up, it was never like, go to this area. Is Nobody really brought it up. Would you recommend people go to Cartena? Definitely. Yeah, I really, I really did like it, honestly. I just like the feeling there. Like, I'm a big fan of, like, historical towns and with it being that bougie kind of New Orleans vibe. I don't know. It, it was just cool to me. I liked it a lot. Guys, that's high praise coming from Riley because Riley is not a city person. So the fact that she rated a city like that, that's that says a lot. That's fair. However, if it has some element of history to it, whether it's the architecture or something like that, I I like it. I will say I was very pleasantly surprised by the city, and I highly recommend it. I I would go back to it. I really enjoyed this this city. Anyways, so that kind of wraps it up. Next episode will be on the Amazon. Kind of feeling that's probably going to be a two-parter as well because the Amazon was a whole other ball game. Yeah, I'm just already excited to talk about some of the stuff that <laughs> went down. So, some housekeeping things. Follow us on Instagram at bucketlistbumspod with a Z. We post reels, do's and don'ts, fabulous pictures of our adventures. And rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. It really, really helps us out, you guys. And we so appreciate the support. All right. That's all, folks. Bye.